Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sap and Chats. The season premiere season two has begun. Episode number 50, everybody. We have blocked in 50 episodes. Chance Michaels, how you doing, buddy? Doing pretty well. How about yourself? Coming Not fresh bad. off that great interview you did with Mr. Vance Nevada, BP Goodness, and the Cuban Assassins. Good yeah, stuff. you know what? Absolutely. Uh, big shout out to those guys. Um, you know, Vance for taking out the time. Actually, Vance reached out to us. You know, so even a bigger thank you to him for, for considering us and thinking about us to, to promote this amazing book. Um, it was phenomenal. It was great to sit down with him and talk to him, pick his brain about some of the things. Uh, his answers were just on point, you know, oh, yeah. like, you, like we were just discussing off the air here. Uh, the brothers well, so, so well-spoken, you know? So, I mean, it was a really easy interview to get into and, uh, you know, you were missed brother, but, um, you know, there'll be lots down the road here, my friend. Yeah, it was well done. Um, the Canadian wrestling historian himself, Vance Nevada. Absolutely. The award-winning Canadian wrestling historian. Oh, nice. Never forget brother. Yeah, so let's hope that uh, he garners some awards for this publication because, you know what, this is um, this isn't something that was just written over a couple of years. This oh, is something no. he's been working on for decades. You know, since he started, sort of a deal. So, you know, good on him, and thank you for providing all the details and information to us that we can, you know, feed off of. Um, one of the things that I kind of took away from it was. Uh, Bruce Hart, you know, I haven't published that interview yet, but, you know, having witnessed him uh, going into the Hall of Fame that night, also having an interview with him. And, you know, I, I kept wondering, why is he so high on the on Dynamite Kid? Like, I, I, I know that his, his nephews were there and his niece was there, uh, you know, performing. So, you know, I thought maybe he had something to do with that. But after reading the book and realizing that he was the one who discovered him in England and brought him back to Calgary, Oh, wow, cool. You know, so that connection. So, you know, a lot of those kind of things kind of make more sense. You know, reading this book um, really opened my eyes to a lot of the things that I watched as a little kid and kind of completed a lot of these stories, you know, because you didn't, you know, I didn't realize that this happened after this and that happened after that sort of a deal. So, guys, everybody, if you don't have a copy, you know, go back, check it out. Uh, the links are in the bio there for that episode for people to to buy this book. Buy it. Christmas is coming. So Amazon, there are no excuses. You can find it everywhere. Uncontrolled chaos. Absolutely. Absolutely. That being said, Chance, I did get to sit down with the Cuban Assassins as well. And that was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, check out that interview as well. We had to work on the sound a little bit. Unfortunately, I think they have positioned us right by the speaker. So, you know, we're dealing with a lot of crowd sound and, and background music, but I think, I think we cleaned it up and it's a pretty cool interview. And again, amazing stories. We talked about the riots in Japan that they started. Yeah, of all places, Japan, they started a riot. I mean, those guys sit on their hands. They clap when they're supposed to. They're the yeah. um, most politest people in the world. You know, if you ever watch a New Japan wrestling show, Chance, um, You'll notice that these guys clap at moves, yeah. You know, like you know, and and the the finishings and whatnot, like that. That's what they do. So to hear these two guys started a riot in Japan, and to hear that story, you guys, you, you got to listen to that interview. To get I'm going to finish it off tonight, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, it, it was pretty cool. What was your but impressions hey, of them? Just besides the interview, were they gracious guys? They good guys? They were perhaps the most gracious fellas I've met to date um, wow. in terms of just 
accessibility and you know just just the willingness to to want to do it that's cool you know um to be completely honest that was the second interview i did with them that night because the first one we did for whatever reason the sound didn't come through so the video recorded but the audio didn't come out so luckily for me i was uh in between i went into the hallway just to hear it and realized that there was no sound so i came back and i and i asked um Curtis, who, who, who's with them, he's kind of taking care of them. Uh, you know, Curtis, this is what happened. And sure enough, Frank and Angel, both of them like, yeah, yeah, come back, come back. Let's do it again. Oh, cool. So, you know, the, you know, the second run was better. The first interview was only like 12 minutes, but the second one, we got an, you know, an additional four minutes out of it. So yeah, all in all, how old are these guys? Mid seventies? Well, Angel, the original Cuban assassin, the one with the big beard, he's mm -hmm. 82 now. Wow. And uh, Frank, I think, has to be in his 70s. I mean, he looks yeah. younger, but I think he has to be in his 70s. I mean, these guys are, these guys are battled, you know, you can see it, man. They're battle tested. They're, they're, they've gone through it all. You can just tell by their bodies now. Like, I mean, yes, age has a, a factor to play into it. And, you know, it's kind of unfortunate to kind of see the guys that you grew up watching have, you know, the slow pace to their walk and, you know, the, the challenge to get inside the ring and whatnot. But I mean, I get it. it. It all catches up. But it's just a testament to how hard these guys worked. I mean, yes, it's professional wrestling. Yes, it's scripted. We all know that. Um, but but I think it's still dangerous. Of, but I think a lot of people forget this. And, you know, this is where I think ignorance needs to be kind of thrown out the window. And, you know, wrestling fans need to speak up a little bit and, and defend these guys. Like, you know, we were talking the other day about not you and I, but just with another group of friends I was with, we were talking about athletes and who are the best athletes, who are the, you know, the most well-rounded athletes out there, you know, and, and I thought to myself, initially soccer players would probably have to be the most, you know, athletic out of the bunch. Um, but then I, I thought about that, you know what, no wrestlers, you know, even, even the, even the non-body guys, have to have mm -hmm. a level of athleticism to compete oh, for sure. in that ring, especially mm -hmm. at the WWE, AEW, AEW, New Japan levels. You know, I'll call those the big three. Yeah. Um, to, to compete at any of those levels, even at the independents, I mean, if you're a big, burly man, and if you got like a lot of size on you, and you know, just I'm trying to be polite, not say fat, but yeah, I know what you mean, but call it what you want to call it. Um, you got to have a certain level of cardio and, and athleticism and considering at the higher levels, these guys are competing almost over close to 300 days a year. It's just not well, raw and it's just not SmackDown. At least the WWE people are, I don't think AEW runs any house shows. So, I mean, that's a really light schedule. You basically show up for your TV tapings and then you kind of go back home. Yeah. WWE well, starts. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I'll put it this way in 2004 the number one draft pick in the nfl mario williams okay in the combine brock lesnar in 2004 ran faster than him and benched more than him and had a higher vertical than him that's why i always say brock lesnar at that from like 2004 to like 2010 with this ufc he's one of the best athletes in the world at that time at his peak no i'm not going to disagree with you at all absolutely and i think he's still a better athlete than some of the top athletes today Oh, absolutely. He's a freaking nature. So that goes to show I'm using his name because a lot of people know him. He's one of the best athletes in the world. And wrestlers are some of the best athletes in the world. Absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and it's because of the, like I said, at that level where you're at a WWE level. Fans, mm-hmm. understand. I mean, most of you already know this, but for the casual fan that might be picking up on this episode today, um, you you won't, you know, you guys think they, this fight maybe Monday or Friday, depending on their show, and then once a month on a pay-per-view, right? Those are just three dates that these guys compete out of each week. I mean, these guys basically start on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. The Raw guys go home on Tuesday, right? The SmackDown mm-hmm. guys go home on Tuesday. And then they come back and they're back on, or Wednesday, and then they're back on the road again, SmackDown Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Or for, it's crazy. Know, That's, the schedule's so, so crazy. Yeah, so they're basically working four to five days a week. They're on the road at least a minimum four days a week. And all that flying and driving wears you down too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, things have gotten easier now for the newer guys. But I mean, yeah. back in the day, you think about like Vance was saying, you some, sometimes you were driving eight hours. It's crazy. Right? You know, so so it just it just I, I just think it's uh, something that needs to be put out there for, for for the wrestlers at all levels. Like these guys put in a lot of work. Oh, yeah. The bumps are real. I don't care what anybody says. You're landing on a very thin piece of foam placed above a piece of plywood sitting on two by sixes. Yeah, it hurts. Right? And depending on the level that you're competing at, the lower the level, the harder the mat. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Right? So, you know, you're paying your dues by being in the independence. You're paying your dues by, by, by working in the small halls to get to that cushy ring. Yeah, that's right. And, and even then, that ring isn't that cushy. No, because those guys hitting you hard, they chop you hard. You get thrown on your back. Doesn't yeah, feel fun. no, you're you're taking bumps constantly, and it it hurts. It hurts. Running the ropes hurts. Mm-hmm. Taking a bump, you know, taking a you know, just learning how to fall hurts. Oh yeah, it's hard to body. One of the hardest sports in the world in your body. No, hundred percent, hundred percent said, man. Well said. Um, all right, so here we are, man. We are now basically a week. Well, we're. This weekend is Extreme Rules 2022, uh, held in Philadelphia this year. Uh, Raw last night, man. Your thoughts on it? Did you catch it? Yeah, I watched. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was pretty decent. For me, it wasn't as good as last week's because I was live, right? But it was still solid building towards Extreme Rules. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. Yeah, it was good. What did you think of it? Uh, to be honest, for a go-home show, I thought it could have been done a little bit better. But then again, maybe they put more emphasis on the SmackDown portion of it because it's the night before. This show's Should happening be. on Saturday. But that being said, Monday, it's its own entity, right? So I've always expected more for a go-home show in the past for Monday Night Raw. It's yeah. kind of like, you know, SmackDown is SmackDown. You know, it never did really ring my bell for a go-home show. But, I mean, that's kind of changed as we've kind of progressed here with both programs. But, I mean, I think they covered all their angles. I think they covered all their bases here. Uh, it's lining up to be a pretty good show. So Raw opens up with the Judgment Day coming out, uh, cutting a promo. Phil Ballard, Finn Balor is talking about how he's going to take out Edge for good this time in their I Quit match. Dominic speaks on the mic, talks about how he hates his father, and 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 he blames him because he lied to him his whole life at that moment i'm thinking okay is he going to say you know eddie was my dad or something but yeah who knows no i don't think they're going to play that angle it just doesn't work right no not with eddie not being here no 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 not with eddie not being here plus with Rhea playing such an active role in his year 
you know, um, it, it almost makes me, it, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. Right? So they kind of go back and forth and um, basically the Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest defeat AJ and Rey Mysterio. That's your first fight of the night. Good way uh, to kick off the show. Yeah, no, it was a good match. I think it was solid. Um, and basically comes with, with AJ getting done in because Ray isn't there to help him out with because he's being distracted by Dominic, who once again falls to his knees and spreads out his arms and tells him to hit him. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think, you know, the more and more I'm thinking about this chance, I'm really, really thinking that his wife and daughter are going to have to play a role in this somehow to make him to make him want to fight Dominic. Yeah, yeah, that could be a smart, could be. Right, it has to, something has to give there because right now there's no one to go against Rhea. And this is the funny part. She can take, you know, she can kick and she can just participate in the four-on-one beating of someone, but no one yeah. can touch her. Maybe it's going to be Ray's daughter versus Rhea in some sort of tag match. I don't think that would work because I don't think she's strong enough. I mean, Rhea Ripley is just a monster, right? I mean, that would just wouldn't work at all. I what about the wife? Feel, not even the wife, really, man. I think it's almost going to come down to the fact that they're going to intervene at some point or come on the show at some point to kind of, you know, say their piece because they've been fairly quiet, right? It's just all been Ray and him. Maybe and we got to get Dr. Phil in the ring and sit these guys down and uh, I think something's going to happen where Rhea hits either his mom or sister and Dominic laughs about it or something, and that will trigger Ray. Something has to give along those lines. Yeah, no, right? it's good thinking. Yeah. yeah, I think so. That's kind of where my thought is on it. But then again, you know, these guys have done weirder shit than we can even imagine. You never know what's next. That's what keeps wrestling exciting. You don't know what they're going to do. That's it. So, Backstage segment with Mustafa or Bobby Lashley, you know, have, giving his interview, talking about how he wants to be a fighting champion and what have you. And it's been three months since he's been the champion. Enter Mustafa Ali, who says that he wants his opportunity. And, you know, Bobby says, yeah, you know, I'll give you one, don't worry. And he goes, no, I want it now. <laughs> and, you know, so, so Bobby said, all right, okay, let's go. So basically, Bobby Lashley defeats Mustafa Ali. And after the match, this is where it gets interesting now. So Seth already has a program, but he comes out and he curb stomps Bobby Lashley not once, but twice, uh, you know, proving a point that last week's match was, you know, a fluke, considering that Riddle had interfered and whatnot. So interesting. I, I guess they can't put the other title on Seth right now. So next best title would be that one, I guess, for him. Yeah, it seems, um, like, seems like it's going that way. Well, it's going to be on the premiere of Raw next week. Uh, the Raw premiere is next week, and Bobby Lashley versus um, um, Seth freaking Rollins is set for that. So it makes me wonder how he's going to come out of this pit match with Riddle this Sunday. Because, I mean, that's not going to be – the dudes are going to be beaten up in that one. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting match. I'm looking forward to that one. Well, it's going to be interesting with the addition of Daniel Cormier as guest referee. Uh, that should be fun. It's too bad that he came out in a cameo on the on the screen. I wish he was there in person. We just gave it a little more up. I understand for travel reasons he couldn't be there, but I think it would have added a little more to it, you know? Yeah, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll uh, see your argument with this. Um, I don't think there are any excuses for him not to be there, even with traveling. Traveling is so easy. Traveling is so easy now, right? I mean, where is he? He lives in California. I'm sure LAX has 
four, five, six, seven, ten flights that go to Minneapolis every day, especially when you're coming out of a major hub. I'm sure WWE could have flown them out if they wanted to. He might have had a prior commitment during the day, and this is the Perhaps. last minute thing to go in. Perhaps. Still. Well, he is teaching high school wrestling as well. So, I mean, you know, maybe he had some preoccupation there. But yeah, so, you know. I would like to see Brock Lesnar come out and throw him around a little bit because they had that little beef in USC. They never fought, but who knows? That'd be something interesting. Well, I mean, there, there's a lead up to that as well, right? And I think that's what's going to happen, actually, because Brock Lesnar is due to be back for Crown Jewel. Good. And I'm like hearing what I'm hearing, and I don't know if there's truth to this, but this is the introduction to Daniel Cormier here. And that would. I think lead to him and Brock having a match in Abu Dhabi very much the way him and Kane had a fight. I hope so. It'd be cool to see. Yeah, it'd be an interesting match. I don't know if Daniel has enough time to prepare, though. I mean, he's an amateur wrestler. He'll just do a couple moves, shoot. I don't know what they'll do. Yeah, yeah, they can figure it out. All right. So we continue on with Monday Night Raw. Uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champion Dakota Kai went up against Candice LeRae. Dakota wins with outside interference help from damage control. Uh, straightforward match. I'm not going to dig too deep on that. If, do you have any thoughts? Basically, what you said straightforward match, interference. All right. Let's move on. So Otis, who I love. I love Otis. I don't Otis care what anybody awesome. says. I, you know, I even love Otis when he was with Tucker. Whatever happened to Tucker? Tucker got released. Must have been something backstage or something, maybe. No, nothing. Uh, he, he got released when everyone else got released, but Otis was kept. And uh, Tucker then went on a rant here and there, complaining about the WWE and pissed off about this and that. Um, but you know what? Respect to Otis, man. The guy's... I guess oh, Chad Gable. I guess Chad Gable has a lot to do with it too, because I mean he's kind of you know helped him along the way, and and it's a beautiful thing, man. I love to see where Otis has come. He's one of those guys that I thought, okay, he's a flash in the pan. He'll be here for a year, two tops. But you know what? Respect to that guy, man, from yeah. winning the money in the bank and never actually getting to cash it in. You know, like the guys, the guys. Awesome, man. I love him. Yeah, he's so funny. He's good. Right. So Otis defeats Johnny Gargano uh, after Austin Theory attacks him with the briefcase uh, during the match. Uh, that leads to Alpha Academy and, or, and um, oh, pardon me. So Alpha Academy and Austin Theory beating down on Gargano. Um, Braun comes out, makes the save, and that leads us right into the next match. Braun versus Gable, which was basically a squash match, man. Yeah. Too much of a size difference there to make it any any much more of a match than it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. It was pretty cool. So contract signing for Bailey versus uh, Bianca Belair. That went down. And um, I don't know what to say, man. During during the segment there, they were they were they were just uh, you know, going back and forth, so no one got beat up in the ring. Not, nothing got destroyed there. But then an image came up on the big screen, which showed damage control. Uh, the tag team champions, EO Sky and Dakota Kai, beating the tar out of Asuka and Alexa Bliss, Bliss backstage, which yeah. led um, which led Bianca to go. But then I guess Bailey tried to beat her up out there. Bianca got the best of her. She runs back to find uh, Asuka in a chair her knee in a chair 
and Alexa is really angry and challenges Io Shirai to a fight that night. So that kind of leads up to that. Um, backstage segment, Johnny or Austin Theory says that he will face Johnny Gargano next week on the premiere of Raw. Io Sky defeats Alexa Bliss with help from Damage Control. Now, this is one of the craziest beatdowns that I have seen in a long time. It was really cool to watch. They laid, damage, it good. they laid it in good. I mean, all three ladies came out, beat up on Alexa Bliss, which led to Bianca coming out. She got beaten down a little bit. Um, God bless her. Asuka comes down with a kendo stick, you know, dragging one leg behind her to sell the injury. She gets beaten down. There's that one spot where they took Alexa in between the ladder and smashed it on her. Um Wow, that, that just looked like it hurt, man. Oh, it hurt. Yeah, you could feel that through the TV. Oh, definitely. And those girls, so that damage control, that that image of Bailey sitting on top of the ladder with the other two, it looked good. It did. It was well done. It looked really, really good. And that's how they ended Raw. I thought that was a really cool ending. So, you know what? Let me it take that back. Ending. If they were going to build up the stories, you know, the raw stories, I think that was an amazing ending. It was really, really good. Um, White Rabbit made an appearance this time on Raw, not during commercial breaks or at house shows. Did you catch it? i seen that, yeah. I guess it's pretty obvious it's going to be Bray Wyatt, I guess. Right? It has to be. I don't think it can be anyone else. Anyone else comes out, I think... It's going to be a letdown. It's going to be a huge letdown. I mean, the first vignettes that we saw that kind of resembled anything like that were the ones that were reintroducing edge like edge always has to have a video package of some sort when he's coming back even if he's been gone for three weeks or a month right so that edge one was okay because it was edge but if it was anyone else outside of edge at that time because again i think everyone was thinking bray 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 at that time as well yeah, well, the wrestling community is thinking it's Bray Bray. So like you said, if it's not, it better be somebody really, really special because they're going to be going. There's no one else special. There is nobody. I not for that role, of. no. No, nobody. There is no one else. The only guy I can think of, and uh, check him out. He's on NXT. Uh, Gacy is his name. I, I, yeah, I've I, seen I, him. Yeah, so he's kind of something kind of a similar type of character, right? You know, Um yeah, just that kind of dark, kind of cult figure-ish kind of character. I don't think that would justify if he comes up and it's him. I think WWE's in a lot of trouble, man. I mean, everyone's going to forget everything, and that would be the end of Triple H, in my opinion. <laughs> well, he'll always survive. But I know. No, 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 no. In terms of confidence. In terms of confidence. Yeah, it has to be Bray. I can't. Speaking I can't, of Triple H, did you hear what his boy Billy Gunn said about him? No, fill me in. Call, call him a female dog because he's not on the Raw, the special Raw, the kick, season premiere Raw next week for the DX reunion. Okay. But he's with AEW, but, so you can't be on there, dude. You know that. But yeah, he called him a female dog. So he called him a bitch? Yep. Okay. <laughs> I love that's that my thing. That's the thing I'm most looking forward to Raw next week is seeing the DX reunion. They always finally come out there, they dance around, talk some smack. You know, it's always fun. Yeah, no, it's always enjoyable. And you know what? Because we haven't seen it in a while, I think it'd be that much more fun if it was yeah. like every so often or continuously, you know, it, it wouldn't be as memorable. So yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Billy Gunn, you know what? I, I think I can understand where he's coming from because if Jericho 
can come on the podcast on Stone Cold's podcast. That's a podcast, but he wants to come no, on, no, 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 come no, on no, the no. show, though. No, no, no. But Daniel O'Brien and I believe Mark Henry and Big Show cut um, yeah. promos for, I think it was John Cena's 25th anniversary show. Yeah, it was. So they had coming those- in the ring, though, being part of the show is completely different than a little, you know, vignette backstage on the screen, right? Yeah, no, I get it. But if they wanted to do it, they could. If they wanted to, they could. Yeah, but I'm, I don't blame right. Triple H. I wouldn't do it either. No, right? Why well, give AEW a lifeline? Forget it. Well, I mean, Billy Gunn was his own worst enemy, and that's why he's not there anymore. Yeah. Right? I'd be I mean, fine if it, you know what? To me, DX is, is Michaels, Triple H, in China. And even though China's Michaels and Triple H, Billy Gunn, I mean, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, X Pac are nice to have. They're not the essential four. They're okay. It's like, to me, NWO is Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Yeah, you can have Big Show and Sting, but to me, those are the core guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, 100%. Unfortunately, China is not going to be there. No. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I guess if you're going to add Road Dog, you know, that's not bad. He's good on the stick. Yeah, he's good on the stick, and you have Xbox already because he's their friend. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. So, I mean, four out of the five, I guess, is okay. But, I mean, that's yeah. the one thing about that faction. They never got any bigger than that. No. And I think... And I think that's what made it work. And uh, that just gave me an idea for another show. All right. So let's quickly, let's take a look here at what's going to be going down at Extreme Rules. And maybe we can do kind of do our predictions at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so we have the Brawling Brutes against Aperium in a good old-fashioned Donnybrook. I guess that means anything goes. Is that uh, what that means? More or less, man. I, it has to be something like that. I mean, it's extreme rules, right? It's going to be a, that's going to be a slobber knocker, as Jared would say. A lot of hitting, a lot of kicking, stiff. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a real fun match. I think uh, you could open with that to get the energy going and whatnot. So set know, the tone I, for the night. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, the way it's been going right now, Imperium's kind of on the hot streak. Um, I think the, you know, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to go brawling brutes on this one. I'm going to go with the Imperium just because, like you said, they're on the hot streak. It's a Donnybrook match. I mean, it, it can go either way, but I'm going to give the edge to the Imperium on this. Give me a fun yeah. match, though. Yeah, no, I'm thinking the Brawling Brutes only because the match is more suited to them. Also, mm-hmm. based on the promos that Imperium has been cutting, they talk about being, you know, the this is the sport we love. This is, you know, wrestling is something we respect and, and cherish. So coming from a very European style, they're not used to, like, plunder and and chair shots it's more you know european uppercuts and you know taking the you know stiff in the ring so from that perspective that's why i'm kind of leaning towards the brawling brutes it's kind of could be be. kind of more geared to them uh and in no particular order the next match we should look at here is the i quit match between finn balor and edge um balor it's going to be a fun fight but here's the dilemma do you keep the heat on them and you know allow judgment day to keep growing or do you feel if edge wins that it would impede their growth and and kind of shunt them yeah i think you're right with that they they got to keep judgment day hot they got to keep the dominant faction so i think Bowser's going to take this i think Bowser's going to interference or something it has to be interference as well but the only other side is uh, how many times have they beat down like i'm playing just the other side of it now, yeah i right? you know yeah. You know, like, I, you know, Judgment Day, should, in my opinion, I think Judgment Day should win. But I won't be surprised if Edge wins only for the fact that he's been beaten down a few times now. He's been taken off TV a couple of times now by these guys. Um, you know, yeah, he beat Damian Priest. One could argue this. Edge needs to win. 
Edge needs to win as well. But then again, does how many? But does Edge need to win? That's the thing. Like if we know he's retiring soon, maybe after Mania next year might be it for him. And how many matches is he gonna have in between that and Mania? Extreme Rules, maybe one in November. Survivor Series, so you Rumble know, maybe. Rumble maybe he might be in the Rumble and close it off with a Mania match, whatever that becomes, right? Yeah. So from that perspective, the guy's got five, six matches left in him. A loss won't hurt Edge. That's true. That's true. But at the same time, it's gonna be a good match, though. Yeah, but at the same time, I can see them giving it to to Edge to make the fan happy. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. It should be fun. Like I probably think Finn's gonna win, but I mean, like you said, we never know. Something's gonna happen that we don't expect. Absolutely, Drew McIntyre, Karrion Cross, TikTok, TikTok, rap match. What are your thoughts? Should be fun. It's going to be some, they're going to have some red marks in the back on their back and stomach. That's for sure. And chest. It's going to be brutal. Yeah. You can't fake that. No, no. And your prediction? A carrying cross. Yeah. I'm going to go carrying cross as well, only because they really, really messed up when they brought him up the first time. Um, You know, losing, I, I can't remember who he fought, but he lost in his first fight when he showed up there. Was it AJ or something like that? I can't remember. It was a smaller guy. Um, I can't remember, dude. I don't want to say, but I think it was AJ, but I'm not 100% on that. Yeah, but I know that they really, like, the way they built him up in NXT and everything, that should have just translated so easily and seamlessly into the top roster spot, but it didn't. They really fumbled the ball with him there, and then he ended up getting released. So Drew is a guy right now I feel that wouldn't be hurt with a loss in any way. No, I don't think it affects him at all, you know, especially in a strap match. In a strap match, but he calls for the strap match. He's the one who put the stipulation in there. Karrion's kind of gotten the better of him, but then again, what's his name? Um, Drew has kind of come back and gotten his little just revenge a little bit too. So back and forth. I think for the evolution of the character, this one goes across as well. I agree with you. Uh, pit fight pit match Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins now Riddle did this type of fight in NXT as well yeah I heard about that right so it was pretty fun it was a cool fight to watch it was just kind of you know obviously it's gimmicky they can't make an octagon they can't really make an MMA ring per se so they have to come up with their own little you know commando version of it like i don't get the levels and i don't understand why it has to look the way it does but i mean in essence it's basically a glorified cage match with daniel cormier as the ref with daniel cormier as the ref um i'm gonna say it straight up i think this is riddles think so i think so only for the fact that riddles been on a losing streak right he's lost to seth now as well seth yeah. is constantly getting the best of him over and over and over again. I mean, this is one instance where he is now playing the role of Cody Rhodes. And, you know, Matt is basically Seth Rollins in terms of that view, the way it kind of looked and whatnot. So you think there's any chance Lesnar shows up and grabs Cormier or doesn't bother? I don't think that's going to happen. Well, if they're going to try to build up to November's um, crown Crown jewel, jewel, that would probably be the time to do it, man. I'd love to see it because yeah. that'll steal the show if that happens, right? Well, that, yeah, I know. Teams. Yeah, I think, you know, that leads to question, would this be the closer then? Because you got two pretty profile women's matches coming up here as well. Either one could close the show. 
I um, think if Lesnar's going to come out, they'll close the show with that. I don't. If he isn't, I don't think they'll close the show with that. I think really the women's match will close the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's see. Let's see. I mean, if it's going to be Brock coming out and whatnot and Cormier, are they big enough to... Well, is Cormier big enough to get a... I know Seth is. Maybe Cormier grabs uh, Seth or Riddle and slams one of them. One of them fights Cormier at Crown Jewel. I don't know. Let's see. Let's find out. Should be fun. Ladder match for the Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair versus Bailey. I do not know what to think about this, but I am going to tell you this right now, man. I think Bailey's going to win, bro. You think so? I think Bianca's going to retain. No, I think Bailey's going to win. She's hot. Damage control is hot. Um, Bianca has been champion since WrestleMania now. So, you know, it's you not think like... It's any, any interference or a straight clean win or what? I it has to be interference. I don't think if Bailey beats her clean, I will be very, very shocked. I'm prefacing her when on the fact that damage control is going to play a role in it somehow. I yeah. think they're going to do something along the lines where they're going to beat up. Oh, I just had an idea. Are you ready for this? Let's hear it. So, so Asuka and Alexa get the tar beaten out of them again. Okay. And um Basically, Bailey is getting, you know, the better of Bianca in their match. Damage control, damage control comes out, and Alexa comes out, and then you can see the start of a new character. Her eyes kind of change. That kind of leads into White Rabbit maybe coming back that night too. You know what I mean? That'd be cool. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking, you know, where we're going with this because now you're starting to see. A little bit more character this week out of Alexa Bliss. That's true. You know how yeah. we talked that she felt like she was a shell of herself and she was just out there? Kind of lost, yeah. This week she looked a little bit more. Right? Oh, you're right. That could be. That'd be cool. I hope that hope Triple H is listening to this. <laughs> I don't know, man. I Maybe we should be writing for them as well or, yeah. or pitching storylines. But I think, ideas. yeah, I know definitely. But I think Bianca loses the strap here and it's not going to hurt her to lose the strap. I think it'd be okay. It'd be a good way for them to chase again, you know. Yeah, I mean, no, it wouldn't hurt her. It wouldn't hurt her. It'd be good because if she she's right in the program, it's not like the program's going to end anywhere. Um, I think this kind of just keeps going, and it comes to a point where I think Sasha and Naomi will be back by the Survivor Series, and you'll probably get what's her face, um, the Irish last. I, um, help me. What's her name? Why? Seth's wife. Oh, Becky. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch. You know, she'll probably be back by then. So yeah. you could kind I of forgot see. about her. That's the thing in wrestling. You always forget about people. Oh, right. I forgot Becky's gone. There's so much going on. With well, she, she turned face right that yeah. same night when Bailey came back, right? And But she was injured. So she's kind of been off the show for a while. Now, this is the only other match that could probably end the show because of the namesake guy. And it's not Liv Tyler. It's not Liv Morgan. It's... it's um. Ronda Rousey. Rousey, Rousey versus Liv Morgan for the SmackDown women title. Now, Rousey said last Friday in an interview, I'm already considered the baddest woman on the planet. What do you expect from me with a weapon in my hand? That's good. Right? I think the story has been really fun. It's been pretty good. I mean, you've got the champion in Liv Morgan, who, who's that one who always has to kind of fight back from adversities, always the underdog, even though she's the champion. Um, but I think it ends here. 
It has, I mean, logically speaking, it has to end here. But throw in the plunder, throw in candlesticks and chairs and anything else that you can probably get your hands on. I think Morgan wins again. I think so. I hope Rhonda wins. I think Morgan, well, I mean, if he not that Rhonda needs it, her name says it all, but I mean, yeah, well, I think what will probably happen is Morgan wins and she kind of goes into her next feud or whatever, but this kind of starts to feud or builds the relationship between her and Sheena and they go after the tag titles or something. You know what I mean? Like become a dominant force in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you could be right. I I just, from my guess, my own personal bias, I guess for Rhonda win, but you could be right with this. But I mean, why would you call for a plunderous match? You know she doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> That's true. Right? She wouldn't stand a chance, generally speaking, against Ronda in a regular match. The fact that she beat her for the title, yeah, she had a hurt leg. You know, she cashed in her money bank. She took the opportunity. That's how she won it. The rematch, she tapped out, but the referee didn't see it. Yeah, in most cases, true. In most cases, you become a heel after the move like that. Because the face would never do that. Be the face would be no, no, no. Wait a minute. This is what happened. But she took she took that win and said, "Fuck it, I won. I'm gonna run a, run with it." Right? She beat Shayna yeah. Baszler, clean. Yeah. That's not supposed to happen. Not supposed right? to, but but it did. I'm just saying, even if you're playing a storyline, right? You know, even if we're talking about storylines and what have you, there 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 was no way that should have happened. No, that's true. But the way they're telling this particular story is of a champion who has to fight from underneath every time, no matter who she goes up against, even if, even it's Natalia, you would think that Natalia would beat her sort of a you know, scenario. Yeah. So it's always back and forth, right? So it's kind of like, okay, here we are again, but Liv's asking for this match. Liv wants a, you know, anything goes match. Why would you write your own death sentence unless you figure you have something to offer? And she's kind of being showing her extreme side a little bit. I mean, that jump off the off the turnbuckle yep. onto the table there. That was pretty cool. That's something we've never seen from her. Yeah, she's uh, pushing the envelope for herself, pushing, absolutely. Yeah, you know. Um, so, 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 you know, taking out Lacey Evans with the kendo stick the way she did. But but here's the funny part thing. She brings out that baseball bat, but Roundup makes it look so easy to take it away from her. <laughs> but so you're thinking, shit, what have you just what have you done? You you've basically screwed yourself out of the title here. But then again, to see her be able to rebound with it and, and get something on you know on her as well kind of leads me to think, okay, there is an opportunity here. So something along the lines of a fire extinguisher being blown in her face and a shot to the head with a candlestick knocks her out. You get your win. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't disagree with you. Could could go that way too. Could this match might close the show. It's hard to say, but if Lesnar's not coming out, it probably will. And here's an interesting thing. Unless something changes here, I do not see a title match for Bobby Lashley. That's two pay-per-views now where the guy hasn't been on and another defending thing I was the US say, title. Austin Theory hasn't been on a pay-per-view for a couple ones either. Uh they had a match. He's been showing up. Yeah, I know. He's just been kind of showing up. Uh I don't know what they're doing with him. I think he's just kind of going through the motions and stuff, right? I mean, something's got to give. He's got WrestleMania coming up here soon. So, you know, that's the other piece to this whole thing, man. Where does he fit in with the title? Like I said, when, when Vinny was running the show, he would have been, you know, everybody sees things differently. Maybe Vinny's way more higher than Triple H is, right? And you're seeing that now, kind of, right? Like, he comes out with a briefcase, but he's just like, 
against Johnny Gargano. And like, he's not fighting the upper echelon guys. Well, I, I mean, he's having his feud. I mean, not just because you have the briefcase doesn't mean you go to the top tier. No, I know, but, but I figure like if but, you're going to build them like the way Vinny right, was the next big right. thing. It's no, 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 like, I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah, no, for so, sure. But I mean, the same kind of the same kind of happened with Drew too. You know, they they pushed him to the moon, mm-hmm. and and he just basically became a mid carter. So maybe they're doing it right this time by keeping him at his level, not building him too hard or too strong or too fast, not shoving him down the throats of people. That's the one thing about the WWE universe, man. They do not like it. Generally speaking, having the show pushed down their throats, having a character forced upon you. We saw that with yeah. Roman Reigns. We see that with John Cena, you know, when they actually, they, you know, Vince is right. They love him now, but at the time they don't like it. That's right. You appreciate it as they get older more. Well, that's the I mean? thing, right? Yeah. No, hundred percent. That, that grows up on you. If I, would, if I was Triple H, I'd let, I'd let three have a chance. You know what? <laughs> We're going to give you a couple of the higher echelon guys, have a few matches. And if you shine, you stay up there. And if you don't want we'll to bring it back, bring it back down to mid card level. He's well, young. He's got it all. So let him try. Like I, I said, he's got he's got the contract. Uh, something's got to give eventually here. Yeah. I mean, the guy he's got to get to, got to get the straps off of. It's very hard to beat. Roman Reigns. Yeah, that's a thing. You know? And and um, I don't know. Like I said, I guess we'll know more and more as we get we'll closer. Right? Um, I think for me, it's always been Survivor Series has been that telltale what direction everything goes. Like everyone talks says, you know, and I can understand people thinking that the road to WrestleMania begins at the Royal Rumble, but I believe the real road to WrestleMania starts at Survivor Series. They started to build it up a little by little, yeah. People think that because whoever wins the Rumble gets a title match, right? That's why. Well, you get that, but at the same time, it's kind of like, okay, all the stories that we're going to see this WrestleMania, in some form or the other, start in the weeks, like... You know, Survivor Series and weeks after that is where you start to see the seeds being planted for the fuse that we'll probably see come to an end at, at Mania. Yeah, no, you're right on that. I never thought about the Survivor Series being the starting for us Mania, but yeah, it's a good point. Awesome, awesome. So, Chance, I'm going to throw something at you here. I'm thinking about storytelling today and you know i think i messaged you earlier in the day you know just to kind of maybe think of some of the stories that that stick out in your mind what are the, some of the best stories ever told in professional wrestling well some of them uh, didn't happen organically weren't supposed to be a story well the montreal screw job because that spun off vince mcmahon and probably the best heel or one of the best heel characters ever um you know undertaker streak I guess you could say Goldberg streak at the time. Um, Mega powers exploding. Um, and I, I love the DX when Mike Tyson came in there in 98. The Austin and um, HBK feud when they got in the middle of the ring and he ripped off his shirt he had the DX on. It's one of my, still one of my favorite moments. Um, those are some ones that stand out to me off the top of my head. What about you? What do you got? Well, you know, I, I like, I love everyone that you said there. I thought about those ones as well. My personal favorite story of all time would have to be Undertaker, Triple H, and Shawn Michaels' story. Yeah, that was a great one too. Now, what I loved about that story, and I don't think it, it was intentional, but that was basically a four-year story. Yep. You know, it took place over a four-year period, and 
it was dead for a few months of each year until the season emerged for it to kind of come back into play. And to have that accumulation of the Hell in the Cell match with him and Triple H with Sean as guest referee. And JR on commentary. And JR on commentary. Thank you. For me, that stands out as probably one of the best stories yep. ever told in it professional is, yeah. wrestling. I agree. Now, with the stories, with, with this, the, the stories that you mentioned, you know, the mega powers explode. That was a two-year story, in mm-hmm. essence, you know, two and a half, three-year story arc to get to that point of WrestleMania five. Um, well, I guess a two-year story. It kind of started two and a half years. Uh, what was the other ones that you mentioned there? Uh, Montreal Screwjob. Montreal Screwjob. See, that's a work shoot story that changed the face of the game. It did. That's, it and, that's, and that's what stands out there. Um, but in terms of actual just story stories, you know, things like that, um, it, that's that's what my whole thing was. It's like, it's hard to tell a good story anymore because the attention span of the average fan is so that's short. True. They want results right away. Um, you got YouTube, you got phones in your hand. Like, you have yeah. to wait for next week. No, yeah, you can't wait till next week, you know. And, you know, this is why, you know, again, I'm going off topic here. This is why I like Disney Plus so much. When they start a new series or they, they launch a new program, they don't give you all 13 episodes or all like 10 that. episodes at one shot. It's a weekly show. You have to come back and tune in. You get in excited for it that way. Oh my well, God. That's it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like Cobra Kai, for example, you know, I was excited for season five, you know, but there it is, all 10 episodes or 13 episodes, whatever it is. It's like good show, by the way. No, it's fun. I've enjoyed it. You know, like I haven't started season five, but, you know, I was just looking at it I'm like, oh man, they give us all the episodes right away. I like that weekly thing. You know, I think Apple Plus does it too, where, where the shows are released, you know, Tuesdays or Thursdays or whatever the case may be. I like that. I prefer that, man. Another good For- story that came to mind is um, in 2002, when Vince said, I'm going to poison the company, turned around the back of a chair at NW on the Hogan and Rock feed when Hogan took that big rig and Smash the rocks. That's one of the one of my favorite. Yeah, that's so when uh, Ric Flair was pleading with him. You're making a mistake. You don't know what you're doing. Blah blah blah. I remember that story. That was a good. And story you got to see too. Hogan and Rock live. One of the most intense staredowns of all time, and the hottest crowds ever there. I think the I, I think the match itself only lasted four minutes. The actual work in the ring between the two of them. You know, majority of that match were their were their entrances and them staring each other down. I mean, the match itself wasn't great. No, that, that, that's how good these guys are and how much large and light icons there. They could just that's stand there, stare at each other, holding yeah. him with his, his weightlifting belt, and the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it reminds me again. I, I go back to the Taker and Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I mean, that first time that Triple H came out and challenged him, not a word was said. Yeah. Right? They both came back because Undertaker had just come back from his hiatus. Triple H had just come back from injury. Like, literally, the same night, they both come back, you know, just staring at each other in the ring. And, you know, everything was just said in the facial expressions and, and the gestures. And that especially after that, Undertaker beat Michaels twice and finished his career. And then Triple well, H comes it. in the table, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you think about it, three of the matches on Taker Street came against Triple H. Yeah, that's people, true. People forget that he fought him at 17. You did, yeah. I even forgot about that. Because and, yeah. and and go back. I, I implore you, chance. Go back and watch seventeen. I think it's one of the underrated WrestleManias. That's a good one. That's one. That's Austin Rock, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the one in the in Houston. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That is a good one. That was a good WrestleMania. I, I think people forget about it. I think I personally feel that everyone should go back and watch it if you don't remember it. And that's one uh, of the latter, the TLC one, right? I can't remember all. I think the, that's the first one the TLC hit. That that's the one with Bubba, the Devons versus Matt and Jeff versus yeah, I think Christian, right? I think it was the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, there you go. Go back, watch it. I think I probably go back and watch it now, just after thinking about it here. But yeah, man, uh, guys, let us know what your favorite stories are. You know, in the comments down below, let us know. And as you can see, Chad, did you notice that I did not tell people where they can find us? You got all the links in the bio. All the links are in the bio, plus they're at the bottom of the screen now. Obviously, we can't see it. But if you look down, you'll see everything written there. All our addresses are there, so our links are readily available to you guys. I don't have to tell you anymore, but I will say please like and subscribe. Join us on this journey. It's been a beautiful ride so far. Uh, Chance, you got a top five. Do you have anything for me here today? I do. I got a top five for you. What are your top five favorite podcasts that we've done so far? Our top five favorite podcasts. Well, you you think? Okay, I, I think uh, my favorite one would have to be a very first one with Scotty Mack because we were greener than green. I didn't know what I was doing per se. I don't think you knew you what nope. you were doing per se. Um, I I speak for both of us on that front. Yeah. Um, as I sit here and reflect on that and to see where we have come to today in terms of our quality, in terms of our pace and what we've been able to accomplish both you know, on all levels, on, 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 on the promotion level, on the editing level and, and, and whatnot. I mean, we, we've come a long way, Chance, like yeah. this, man. Um, you know, I, I can't complain about anything that we've done. Uh, Shakir Stevenson would probably be another one that was really fun for me, be just for the fact that was my first ever soiree to a live event, covering a live event. Um, what else would I say would be got three more the molitor interview absolutely you know that was really big shout out to steven molitor two-time ibf bantamweight world champion uh hopefully we can get him back on here soon just to kind of chop it up a little bit more with him yeah um you know what i really enjoyed the beefy goodness interview that we did as well both of them i'll combine them together and make it one yeah, uh, that agreed. was really good. And uh, the work that we've done with Canon Wrestling and Auto Genteel. I mean, I've loved every episode, Chance. Every mm. episode is very special. I'm picking those ones because they kind of stand out because yeah, absolutely. We, I agree we, with those. We, were, we were able to get insight from other people. So people don't aren't just necessarily listening to us, you know, jibber jabber on all day long. Yeah, no, uh, I agree with your picks, actually, all of them. Yeah, no, but I think they've all kind of played a role. And as you can see from our own evolution and where we've come from and where we're going with our, our show, the sky's the limit, brother. You know, absolutely. We got a new logo today. Uh, big shout out to Mrs. Good looking logo. Oh yeah. Shout out. Big shout out to Mrs. Nixon. Uh, she, she was wonderful in helping us facilitate this uh, logo. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I don't want to say nothing yet, but I'm going to anyways. We have merch coming on the way um, pretty soon here. So we'll have some t-shirts out there for everyone. Yeah, that's um, cool. You know, and then once we get them all lined up and everything, we'll maybe have a contest to see 
you know, who really wants one. And maybe we can figure something out along that way as well. Yeah, that's a good idea. And, uh, you know, we'll go from there. But hey, Chance, I tell you what, brother man, I need to run here. I got to get the little one to her gymnastics. Yeah. Uh, nothing stops, man. It keeps going and going and going. So on that note, brother Chance, thank you for 50 episodes, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, for... thank you. It's been good. We got a lot no. more to come. Just getting no. started. Thank you for uh, putting up with me in times where I can be a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, I say how it goes in show business, man. But brother, man, one, right? I tell you what, it's my passion. I want this. I want this to work. Um, I'm going to say that in the next couple of years, we will be the biggest podcast in Western Canada, if not all of Canada. We're getting there. Sport, you know, for we're working at for it. Sure. Absolutely. We're going to be the voice of the voiceless. Uh, that being said, there are a couple of interviews that we are working on in the near future here. Um, we we at Sap and Chance give the opportunity to those who need to have their voices heard. Absolutely. And I'm going to leave it at that for the time being. But pretty soon here, we will have someone on here to clarify some things that have been going on recently in the Alberta wrestling scene. So, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm kind of learning of the situation myself, but, you know, as soon as we're ready and they're ready, we'll get them on here to, to kind yeah. of save their piece. And, and, you know, very much like we did with Scotty, um, you know, just have an opportunity to be the voice for them. Absolutely. Totally agree. Good. It'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. So Chance Michaels, I am Bobby Sampson. He is Chance Michaels. And in the words of the great ACDC, those that like, download, subscribe, and share the podcast, we salute you. We do salute you. And in the infamous words of one of my personal hero, heroes, Mr. Ed Whalen, in the meantime and in between time, that's it for Sap and Chance. Adios, muchachos. Have a great rest of your week. We will be back this Thursday because a lot of shit is going down Saturday in the world of boxing. So yes. we're going to leave it there and we will talk to you guys Thursday. Samp and Chance out.